Welcome to a special edition of Sermon Underwear, where we talk about the conversations, situations, and stories that lead up to the sermons. And today we're looking at the worship services of Holy Week and Easter Sunday, and we're recording this over Zoom, so that might uh, create some unique listening experiences for you um, as we try and be together from afar. So today I've got with me Pastor Perry and our music coordinator at First Lutheran, Jennifer Johnson, to talk a little bit about each of these worship services coming up this week. And uh, so the first one we're going to talk about today is the Monday, Thursday worship service. And so I know, Pastor Perry, you've done a little bit of preparation to um, coordinate that with the past recorded service of that there too. Would you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so what what we're doing um, is going to go back to the, the recording of the 2018 Living Last Supper uh, drama or portrayal uh, that we've done every, every three years here at First Lutheran. Uh, it started a, a long time ago. And, and the main question that comes out of that, each of the disciples uh, has a little, a little speech or a little, uh, little talk. And the end of it, they say, is it I? Is it I? really trying to answer the question that Jesus poses at the Last Supper of being, of, or uh, the statement that he says, one of you will betray me. And each of the disciples wonders, is it I? Is it I? And uh, so uh, I think that might be a, an interesting uh, video for us to be able to share and watch. And to start that off, I will uh, have, a, have a short message to kind of set that up, but also to set it in our, our present day context of, of where we're at in, in the world today, because obviously uh, we're at a different spot today than we were yesterday or uh, two years ago. Yeah, I think that's a fitting one. If you've seen it before, or especially if you haven't seen it before, to watch that Living Last Supper brings that story to life in a new way, kind of gives some background on each of those disciples. And uh, as you said, Pastor Perry, that really gives us moment and, and sets us up for this Holy Week to a time of reflection and to look at the ways in which um, we've fallen short or in one way or another betrayed our relationship with Christ. And yet at the same time, how we find ourselves invited to the same table with these other betrayers too, to hear good news and forgiveness. Um, from him. So check out that video. It's, it is one from the past, but I'm looking forward to uh, the present day good news you've got to share with us too at the start of that service, Perry. Um, let's go ahead and take a look then at the Good Friday worship service. And Jennifer, if you want to talk a little bit about um, some of the music that you pulled together there and, and those that you called to help bring together that worship service. So uh, the Good Friday services are, or services, the Good Friday service is um, geared towards obviously remembering Jesus's death. And so the music that has been chosen are all about um, that moment when Jesus was crucified. And the songs reflect the feeling that I think we all feel when we think about that moment um, I think during most of the church year, we try not to think about that moment because it's painful and it hurts. 
And it's even sometimes tough for me to even talk about it right now because uh, when you let yourself go to that place to really think about how Jesus suffered for our sins, it's it's challenging to uh, not start to cry, at least for me. Um, and I really appreciate the Good Friday service because I feel like it does give us that chance to just be sad and to let our hearts go to that place of sadness and just um, those deep, dark feelings of remembering his sacrifice. So the songs that we're going to sing are, um, Oh, Sacred Head Now Wounded, Were You There, Go to Dark Gethsemane. And all those songs um, hit, hit it really, uh, really hard that... Um, those moments that Jesus went through, um, we, we reflect those in song. Um, so even though you might find it tough to, to sing those songs, I think it's important to, um, to just allow ourselves to go to those places and sing along with the words. And um, the one thing I do appreciate about this service is at the end, we're going to play a song called Rest. And that song reflects the words of the 23rd Psalm which I know that um, it's one of my favorite psalms. We usually um, have that psalm read at funerals because even when we are in our darkest moments, there's always that, that promise that he's always there with us. So um, there is kind of that moment at the end where we get a little bit of a, a break from that sadness to always remember that he's with us. And um, I'd like to thank uh, Joe Gerke, who came and helped me record the music for this service she has just an amazing voice, and it's so powerful, and, and it really helps to bring these songs um, to life and um, make them very moving. And um, also, we have uh, the group that we had singing on Saturday nights during this whole um, time we haven't been able to get together, and that is uh, Jessica Shabel and Joe and Dan Antoine, Martin Mendez, and Tyler Peterson, and um, they will be singing Were You There? Perry, you, you recorded some for this worship service as well as uh, far as the scripture and that we have uh, pastor, rather Father Tom Early um, has a, a part in this Good Friday worship service as well. We're, we're glad to continue to be able to work with him and the congregation of St. Albans in this uh, strange time that we find ourselves in. Perry, you shared, I don't know what you want to call it, I guess, the, the passion narrative from Mark's gospel. And I just wondered if you might give us a little background of uh, what initially got you to memorize this and and I know it's been a part of your ministry over the past several years that I've known you and maybe even before that but uh, just maybe give us a little bit about to what made you choose to memorize this and why has it been important actually I think it goes back to my guess is it would have been holy week of of 2010 prior to that in January I'd gone to a storytelling conference And at that storytelling conference, they talked about memorizing the scripture that you would have for your uh, readings for for Sundays. And I'd started memorizing the the gospel lesson for each Sunday and for each sermon that I would preach. And then it got me thinking, you know, it's like, well, why don't I try to uh, memorize the, the passion story? And that first year, it took a, took a long, long time to get that thing memorized. But for me, it's been a really powerful experience because, uh, in part, you catch every single word 
and how each of those words plays a plays a part and and how then that helps to bring out or other other scripture like we've mentioned a couple of times before uh, as it starts Jesus is talking about that the disciples are all going to desert him they're all going to flee and then he says but but I will meet you again in Galilee after I've been raised and it it didn't dawn on me until later when we were um, that first year when we were talking at a tech study and we read the the Easter scripture and and the angel pops out and says, remember, he's going to meet you in Galilee. And it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. That goes all the way back to that conversation he had at the Mount of Olives. Yeah, it's definitely a different experience um, watching you speak it from memory and and even add a little, at least what I saw there when we were recording it, adding a little acting into it too, just brings it to life, gets your attention in a different way versus um, having someone read the text as we're more accustomed to. So uh, looking forward to watching that. Really looking forward to watching this all together as we've recorded it in many different pieces and then uh, assembled it after the fact, which... Uh, brings to my attention. I want to lift up our um, children's ministry coordinator, Reagan Colt, has done a lot of, put a lot of hours in behind the scenes, putting all these videos together and helping us uh, a lot with production and also our office man- manager, Jennifer Crane, working too to help get the word out about these, and coordinate others hearing about those services. The last thing I want to say about the Good Friday service, um, I'm really looking forward to to watching the completed thing again as we discussed putting this particular service together. We kind of talked about the feeling we were looking for here. And Jennifer, you brought this up in talking about the music. We kind of wanted to give the feeling, if you think about this worship service like a house, we wanted to get all the way to the lowest floor, all the way to the basement, uh, not because we, we like being in those dark places, but in the hope that you hear in this worship service that there, there too you find Christ in the deepest, in the darkest times. Um, in the grave, in the cross, in the grave times in life, especially, there Christ is clearly with us. Um, and there with a word of hope, too, which uh, takes me to those last couple songs that are part of this service, really pick up on that, that promise that's present in these darkest and most difficult times. And especially, personally, I'm really looking forward to <laughs> a special request that I put in for this service to hear um, one of my favorite songs that I know Joe and Jennifer put together. Um, he never said a mumbling word or crucifixion is another name for that song comes towards the end of the service. It's one of my favorites. And I did get a little sneak peek of that and I'm really eager for others to hear that song as well. I'm glad that you um, mentioned Reagan because she has been a total rock star. She just amazes me every day. I send her, I send her a music clip or a video clip and all of a sudden she's like, Oh yeah, I'll handle that. I'll, I'll put that together. And it's just, she's just, done an amazing job. So way to go, Reagan. <laughs> yeah. So moving forward then and looking at on Saturday, uh, we will have an Easter vigil this year. And we've, we've done little pieces of this before and included it uh, in our Easter worship services here at First Lutheran. But um, to my knowledge, which doesn't go back real far with the congregation, this will be the first time we ever actually have um, close to a full-blown Easter vigil service. And uh, Pastor Perry, I'm going to ask you to explain about that a little more. I, I did participate in one once upon a time when I was in seminary, but it's been a long time. And so 
um, Pastor Perry's really helped to give us some direction and, and pull this service together that I think will be new for a lot of us, but meaningful as well in, in this uh, different time that we find ourselves in. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting service in that, that the, the idea is that you are um, sitting by the tomb um, or congregating, gathering by the tomb, waiting to celebrate Christ's resurrection. And not that, not that it's a vigil in terms of uh, um, sadness for, for what has happened, but a, a vigil for um, that celebration that, that is coming. And during the vigil itself, during the service, uh, we encounter God's promises through various scripture readings, through various uh, songs and prayers. And just really, for me, it, it, it helps me to put together this, this whole story of how God breathes life into what is dead and new life uh, coming out of death. And uh, we see it each, each Easter and we see it in many, many ways in our lives. And I think it's, a, again, a message of, of hope that we need to, to hear today and a message that we need to be reminded of. It is a long service, so be prepared for that. Um, but the nice part about watching it online is that you, you can stop it and go <laughs> take, your, uh, take your breaks and <laughs> grab something to drink. But we'll also be asking um, people to, to participate together with us in that. Uh, typically, we would, we would have, uh, there's a remembrance of baptism. There is a fire that is a part of this service. And traditionally, there would be communion. Uh, obviously, this year we can't do communion, so we, we took that out of it. But for me, it's a very, very special service. Yeah, I think as what little I've done with it so far and the, the glimpse I've got of what the final, final piece will be, it, it helps me think about the times we find ourselves in right now in a different way in that uh, we don't just wait and twiddle our thumbs and say, gee, I really hope God is going to do something with this. But really what plays out in the course of this Easter vigil is kind of like a review or going back to the beginning of the Bible and, and reviewing our history with God um, working in and through and bringing good out of uh, these difficult and dark times and situations. And so it's kind of building that anticipation and going back and saying, oh yeah, we've, we've seen God work in situations like this before. And as we approach Easter, uh, we have this expectation again there in Christ's resurrection that God is going to do something again in this dark and difficult time and bring new life. And so it really sets your ears, I guess I'll say, to hear that Easter message anew again and uh, perhaps hopefully for those who experience it to set their ears in this time we find ourselves in now too to expect that God is going to do something awesome uh, with this situation. Uh, Jennifer, again, I know this involved a lot of musical pieces, uh, little parts that you prepared and then work that you did with others too for this service and maybe just share with us um, what seems new or different to you about preparing for this service because I know a lot of it was for me and thinking about, okay, what's this mean? Um, how do we put this together and what, what do we need to help share the message? Sure. Um, so in preparing for this service, I um, took all of the readings that, that we're going to be reading for the vigil. And with each reading, 
I read through it a few times and really reflected on what the purpose of that reading was, what message it was trying to send to us. And then I picked out music that I thought went along with that message. So every time you hear um, after the reading, there's going to be a, um, a time for reflection and prayer. And during that time, there's going to be a well-known hymn that I'm going to play that goes along with the reading. So, for instance, the first reading from Genesis 1, um, the song that I picked for that was For the Beauty of the Earth. And so during that, after you hear the reading, you'll have a, a little moment for reflection. And um, I guess for me, when I'm in those moments of reflection, I usually think of songs and I think of lyrics to songs. So um, I'm hoping that the songs that I play during that, that reflection time will inspire some well-known lyrics that, that um, go along with our favorite hymns. And, and then uh, the other songs that um, we're singing in between a few of the readings, I got uh, Dan and Allison Antoine together and performed um, some songs for us to sing along with. And again, those songs will carry on the same message as the reading that came before them. So, um, for instance, uh, the next reading that we'll do that night is the reading about uh, Noah and the flood. And so the song we're going to sing after that is, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And this is a song about, about remembering that we always trust in him and to have faith, just like Noah did. Um, even though it might, the, the request and, and the, the feelings we feel inside might be crazy. You know, sometimes I think I get, <laughs> I get um, crazy ideas of, of going outside my comfort zone or doing something that that I might um, think is scary. And I always think, well, but what is the real message here? What is God trying to tell me to do that's going to, in the end, um, make my life better or make somebody else's life better? So always just following that trust in him. So as you listen to the readings, um, uh, the songs will uh, correlate with them. And there's some, there's some serious songs. And then we threw in some fun songs like after we read about the deliverance of the Red Sea, we're going to sing Pharaoh, Pharaoh, which is set to the, um, the I think it was a 50s, maybe, 60s song, uh, uh, Luai, Luai, you know that? Oh, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can think that, of that, but yeah. That's, yeah. So, so, yeah, this um, the, the music isn't meant to be um, in one tone or another. It's, it's um, it meant to be some songs are a little bit more somber, some are happy, and and it is. It's just kind of one of those uh, moments that we can just experience um, God's story. Yeah, again, I'm really looking forward to seeing the finished piece here. It's this whole process that we've kind of been forced into with recording worship services and a lot of uh, putting a lot of production in, into them um, has been frustrating on the one hand, but it's also caused me to think about how worship happens in a uh, to slow down and think about it in a different way in the sense that each of us have faithfully worked on and uh, tried to put together our offerings or our parts of the worship service. And then, and, and including Reagan and uh, Jen, who are part of the production piece too, and, and getting it out there and, and then turning it over and saying, okay, God, um, <laughs> let's, I'm eager to see what you're going to do with this, you know, how, how this comes together and what people receive and, um, looking to that with anticipation and joy and um, trusting that 
with, with what we've offered, God is going to put forth uh, something to, that will help share the good news about Christ's resurrection. Again, like you said, experimenting with different things. And so this one uh, is, a, is a big leap for us in, in uh, doing different things. So you'll want to watch it to see that different thing that we're doing. So this year for Easter Sunday or Easter worship services, we've been working our way through Mark and Mark's gospel ends in uh, a strange way, I guess, in which you, you maybe get to it and you say, was that an ending? It actually ends in what to me is an incomplete sentence. Um, the women go to the tomb. They uh, find that the tomb is empty. There's a man sitting in there that tells them Jesus is not here. He's risen. You'll find him in Galilee. Um, go and tell the disciples and Peter as well um, that he'll be there just as he said he was. And the women's reaction is they flee in terror and they tell no one. And the last words, recorded words of Mark's gospel are, they were afraid because dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so it's a, a strange way to conclude his gospel. Um, but in the, the bigger picture of things, if we go clear back to how Mark started his gospel, he said, the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ. And so uh, in some sense, it's, it's a fitting way to look at it and say, oh, well, he never actually intended to end or conclude this story uh, where we're invited into uh, a story that's still going on here and now. So it's very different uh, than some of the other, other gospels. It's one of my favorite endings because it's so weird. It, <laughs> it, it gets stuck in my brain and it makes me think about it in a different way. And um, to think about too, how Christ enters into the, the middle of that unfinished sentence of they were afraid because you know, and, and Christ enters into that exact situation that we find ourselves in here too. We're afraid because dot, 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 you can fill in the blank with whatever it is today. Um, and so where we also celebrate this same story because we, we know that Christ, we, we're on the other side of that dot, dot, dot. We know that Christ is there. And so um, we can walk into whatever our fears are, knowing that Christ is present in them and and the cross and the grave and his resurrection has overcome them too. So let's us look at our stories uh, in a way that doesn't have to end with fear. Um, and I think that really comes through in the, the prayers and the songs that we've put together. And I don't know how this is going to get pulled off this weekend. You know, we've, we've been talking a little bit about weather, but uh, we'll see what comes together between now and Sunday morning. Again, Jennifer, I know you've worked on some music and you you've, we will hopefully get to have some live musicians this weekend as well, but uh, share a little bit about some of the music you've prepared for this weekend with us. Sure. Um, so on our Sunday morning services that we've been doing for the drive-in, we have been um, so lucky to be blessed with um, Karen Courier, who um, has shown up every Sunday since we've started doing this to sing and uh, prepare music for this weekend. You know, I asked her one time, I'm like, I hope I'm not asking too much of you <laughs> because uh, usually with all my musicians, I try to be very respectful of their time and usually only schedule them to uh, come sing at church once a month. And, and she, she said, no, absolutely not. I'm here for whatever you need. And this has been a real blessing for music congregation to have her be a part of their inner talents and along with her has been 
and um, Dan and Allison, I've, I've mentioned them a couple times already because they have been everywhere <laughs> at the church helping out with music and, and playing music on Wednesday nights for, for that live stream. On Saturday, forming the Saturday night music, along with Jessica and Martine and Tyler and Joe. And um, and then uh, they've also been here Sunday morning and playing music and really dedicating their time to trying to make this music special for the people that are going to be listening. So um, I tell them every, every week, with tears in my eyes, I'm like, on Sunday mornings when we finish a song and we can hear everybody honking. <laughs> and it's, it is always just such a cool moment um, uh, to feel that. I just, I feel so lucky to be surrounded by such amazing and, and um, talented people. Um, you know, and just so I don't forget, on Wednesday nights also, Lori Colt and Julie Steinle and Susan Ramhorst and um, Ann Ditsworth uh, came just about, it might not be all four of them, but it was at least three of them every Wednesday um, during, uh, throughout Lent. And, and they have done just an excellent job. And, and I was really kind of bummed when uh, we weren't able to do our Wednesday nights live <laughs> when, um, because they just bring so much energy to those songs when we're all getting to be there in the room. So uh, again, it's just, I've, I've been really lucky, excited for this Sunday. If you know, Tom would call them, we have some real bangers prepared for this Easter <laughs> Sunday worship of, um, lift high the cross and Christ the Lord is risen today. And, and then, um, one of my favorite songs of all time, ever since I heard this song a few years back, it's been one of my favorites and it's called glorious day. If you want to yeah. look it up, recorded by the band casting crowns. Uh, that's C-A-S-T-I-N-G, Crowns. The song Glorious Day, I've always loved that song because it talks about uh, Jesus's journey from the first verse is all about Christmas. The second verse is about when he was crucified. The third verse is when he rose from the grave. And then the fourth verse is all about when he gets to come again. And so... That song I've always felt encapsulates a lot of why we're Christians and, and really helps us to take the story full circle. And so I love to sing that song on Easter because um, that's always, uh, you know, that, that moment when we get to celebrate his glorious day. Um, you know, it's our glorious day in, in celebrating with him. So that'll be the other song that we sing on Sunday morning. Really looking forward to that piece. I guess I had not picked up on the different seasons of his life in that, but yeah, that, that totally makes sense. So kind of cool to pull that again, uh, pull that in. And particularly for those who uh, we get to have the privilege of as, as having as guest worshipers with us on Easter that um, are perhaps visiting family. I don't know how that'll happen this year, but maybe they'll be visiting from afar, but to have that group there together again, that maybe we see some of them at Christmas too, to pull that, those messages together in that song is need to hear about that. And I'll be listening for that uh, as I hear it again this coming weekend. And I'll be look, looking forward to, to Pastor Perry's uh, gigantic bonfire as well, <laughs> weather permitting. Um, and that's been another really cool thing too, since I've become a part of this congregation here that I had not done in the past. And I really hope that we can find a way to 
have it as a part of the worship services for Easter this weekend. I don't know if weather will allow for it, but uh, Perry, again there, if you'd maybe share a little bit about the fire and uh, the, I'm not even sure what to call that part of the liturgy, but that has been <laughs> sunrise service here at First Lutheran in the past and why, why we do that. So the, where that comes from is actually the, the Easter vigil, so the, the Saturday night service. And that, that typically starts with a, a bonfire. They call it a new fire. And at that new fire, you, you light the uh, Christ candle uh, at, that, at that fire and process into the church, uh, chanting, uh, the light is Christ, or the light of Christ, thanks be to God. Uh, as you process in, and what we have done is taken that as and put that into the first part of that uh, six thirty or the sunrise service, and so we all in the past have entered into the church, uh, bringing that light of Christ into the church, and then once that once that's in there and the the liturgical part is done, then really firing it up basically to in a sense commemorate. Christ rising from the tomb and uh, that that light is now out and about in the world again and uh, spreading the love the, that God brings to us. I really hope that uh, weather permits us to do that in some way or format this coming weekend. Uh, on that note, at present, at the recording of this on uh, Wednesday the 8th, the forecast for Sunday does not look awesome. So um, <laughs> this, I ask that you would Keep up to date on our website, threecross.org, for the latest, and uh, we'll, we'll send out an email if there are any changes to what takes place on Sunday. There will be a recorded service for Easter Sunday, regardless of what happens with the weather, but uh, do keep up to date on our Three Cross website. I want to thank you both for being a part of this podcast today, and I wanted to take time to do this with you, too, to recognize, you know, um, Pastor Perry and I. Uh, and imagine Jennifer too, you get a lot of comments from people about um, just how appreciative they are and supportive of what we're doing in the ministry that we're doing. And I uh, wanted to take the time in this podcast too to lift up that there are, are so many others too that are helping uh, on staff and volunteers as well who've helped to continue to bring you um, these worship services. And I'm, I'm grateful for uh, having a, a team and a staff and volunteers to help us pull this together each week and to help us to share the good news with you again and again. Yeah, I have a, I have one more thing. I don't want to forget Reagan again. Um, the last couple Sundays, uh, she has shown up for our drive-in services to do special music. So again, you know, rock star quality. Yeah. So it's been a great collaborative effort and uh, in, in strange times. And so, yeah, we, a big shout out to everybody who, has been helping and and making uh, church be able to function the way we the way we do uh, at this time. And uh, thank you for for showing up and and listening to and watching the services and and attending the drive-in and uh, the emails and the phone calls that that you are doing. Thanks be to God. 